I'm Keith. And I'm John. And this is... Comadiddle. Your somewhat reliable source of information for... Most, most things. things. Absolutely, John. Right. Glad to We're, be back. Glad to be back. We're, think of us Think of us like a heavyweight fighter who hadn't fought in about six or eight months. I know, right? We're we're not, we may not be in fighting shape, but we could still whip your butt right now. Absolutely, and we got a few bugs that could. We got some verses going on. Y'all know some verses, yeah? Keith, what's some of the verses we've done before? We've done. Oh like, man, uh, old smoke versus um, Bill the Butcher. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. We did Spartan versus Ninja, mm-hmm. and we did uh, Edison versus Tesla. Yeah, AC DC wars. That was yes, really good. That was good. Yeah. So we're back with a versus. We're gonna delve into the animal kingdom. With Insect Wars this On time. the first episode of our... Seventh se- season. Se- yeah, we just decided we're going to skip season six. Yeah. Because we didn't like that. We're just wanting a fresh start, so we're just wiping the slate, and we're calling this season seven. And we don't like the you know, the number six very much. So Exactly. Seven sounds... Seven just feels so much better. So it's all good. And so we're ready to rock and roll. So, so you know, John, one thing, though, we got to get better about, though, it's like letting people know when our season is about to come to an end. Because yeah. I feel like we might lose our tens of tens of listeners, you know. <laughs> well, I feel like you're right. And, hey, look, don't forget, we're going to throw this out there. We're not making excuses, except we are a little bit, or I am. <laughs> All right, you got to think about this. We've had a pandemic. Both Keith and I have had a pretty substantial surgery. Mm-hmm. We've had COVIDs. We've had uh, different stuff related to health and testing and this, that, and the other. So th- these last couple of years have not been without their ups and downs. And we and just stay pretty busy, too. You know? And we've both got kids that are uh, mm-hmm. like teenagers and stuff. So, you know. Yeah. But we, but, I, but I feel like we're coming back. Yeah. Know? And we love doing this. So, you know, or it's, is not, LL it's not that we don't want to be here. Right. Know? Exactly. We definitely want to be here. So we're going to do better at least about informing the listeners. Though, Let's right? do it. We'll do that through um, through Facebook. We may need we need to start doing some little videos again. We need to start having fun with this. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, getting it back out there. And Keith, before we kick it off, I'm just you know I said we're making a comeback. I, I decided to change that. Okay. Keith, don't call it a comeback. Yeah, we, We've been here for years. We never went away. Like LL Cool J said, man. That's right. So Mama said, "Knock you out." So on that note, we're gonna have a little. Uh, we call it Keith. We're in the March month of March Madness, and what what's exciting about March Madness? It starts with a B. Brackets. Brackets. Yeah, buddy. So we honor the March and Madness with like our own bracket. Not the you put to like hold things together. Exactly. Not at all. Just some lines on a page yeah. with people or teams on top of it. So we each. This is what we did. We want to have. I love the nature episodes. You learn a lot about you know God's creatures and exactly. and some of these things are so cool. You know, we didn't like one on fungus not too long ago. Oh, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, all time, it was man. so much fun. I'm still reading a book about fungus called the called Entangled Life. And, and we done one on parasites one time, and that had some insects in it, right? Right. Um, but this one is about it, it's the insect showdown. So what we did is we picked three apiece, and we're going to put them in a bracket, and we're going to come up with a winner, John. Knockdown, drag out. Mm-hmm. All right, Keith, before we get started, just give us a quick introduction to your three insects tonight. Okay, quick introduction. Like, you don't have to tell us much about them. Just tell yeah, them who just they, what are, they are. what they are. Got you. So I come up with the number one seed, the mantis, All right. and then the number three seed, the robber fly, and the number five seed, the yellow jacket. All right, so Keith has automatically seated every one of his bugs above my bugs. So here <laughs> nah. we go. So it, just one, three, five. Just one of them. One, three, five. So here we go. 
the number two seed, not the Atlas or the Hercules, but the Titan Beetle. The Titan Beetle. Perhaps the largest insect in the world, Keith. Next, number at number four, I just love saying this, the Onyx Imperator. What is that? The Emperor Dragonfly, the largest dragonfly in the world. Keith. I got that as number six. All right, never mind. He's not number six. <laughs> he's going to eat somebody. I know, he's not. But uh, Anyway, but I, I get you. The that's way fine. the battle was. The way know. the battle, that's fine. How often, though, does the number one seed win the March Madness? Well, challenge? yeah. You know? This time, the one and two's got a pretty good chance, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, well, let me skip to the, whatever the other one is. So a lot of people have heard of the bullet ant because it's the hardest, most ferocious stinging power, I guess, of any insect. But I have got one that's a little bit more aggressive than that with a similar sting. It is called the bulldog ant. Heck yeah. And he hails from parts unknown. All right. But we'll talk about that more. We'll talk where he comes from. Okay. So where do you want to start? We got the number four versus number five. You got the bullet ant that you just mentioned versus the yellow jacket. So let's go there. Because the the one and two seed get a buy and a six seated, you know. So the bullet ant versus the yellow jacket. So. That's a little difficult. How do we set this up, Keith? Well, give us we got a flying. In. Give us your facts about the bullet ant. I'll give the facts we'll about the uh, yellow jacket. And we'll kind of figure it out from there. Oh, say so, okay. So the bulldog ant. There's a species of about ninety different ants called said, bull. I think ant. I said bullet, didn't I? May have, but it's the it's bulldog. bulldog ant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So the bull ant, not the bullet, but the bull ant species. There's about ninety species of those in Australia. Okay. The biggest and most aggressive, perhaps, is called the bulldog ant. Keith. So I like words, you know me. Myrmesia piriformis. Wow. All right, that's a good one. That's the word for the day. The, let's say it again. Myrmesia piriformis. Myrmesia piriformis. <laughs> Very good, Keith Clay. Thank you. Very good. All right, so Don't this Don't act thing, so surprised, John. This. <laughs> Well, you know Keith has some interest in vocabulary sometimes. We love to pick on Keith and have fun with that. I know we're we're some fairly well educated rednecks, Keith. I know we are. So anyway We just may not always sound like we may not sound like but anyway, we're smarter than we look. All right, so very aggressive. That's the big thing. More aggressive than the bullet ant, which is more a little more famous. Yeah. All right. So they have been known the the ant man i think made the bullet ant famous what do you think because that was in there yeah. right is that who yeah. he was he was supposed to be a bullet ant in that or maybe i could be wrong about I that i don't know i don't know yeah who no cares? no no they, they had bullet ants in there because they okay. were using them to to sting some folks so. okay gotcha oh go ahead then. all right so Sorry. they're very aggressive and it's possible that we we've got at least three known human deaths from this animal. oh wow so probably what it is their their venom is formic acid which is pretty deadly and probably those people had anaphylactic shock if yeah. i had to guess from that Okay. No telling how many times they got bit, right? Right, exactly. Could have yeah. been got bit multiple times, or because this thing can sting multiple times. It's like a it, like yellow jackets can. Yeah, you know, it's just not one and you're done. All right, so forty millimeters long. So we're talking about one point oh two inches, man. Wow. So that's a pretty good size ant, man. You know, I wouldn't want wouldn't want one on me. Now what they've got going on that's really interesting. They got a very big long mandible mm-hmm. with teeth on the inside. They look like big long pinchers, almost like big long lobster claws or something and they bite and sting at the same time so the they get their name from a bulldog like a bulldog latching on and not they will not let go yeah like they latch on their own now you might could rip their body off or something but the head's hanging tight okay and so as they're hanging on with those mandibles they're stinging multiple times 
Some people even called them. They said, you know what? You might just consider them a wingless wasp. Oh wow! Because they're they're pretty powerful. Yeah. So. All right, they're not very organized, though. I will say that in terms of think of army ants, you think of th- tens of thousands of ants. Yeah, these can range from hundreds to thousands, but not big colonies, and they're not super social the same way army ants are. You know, right? on a side note, John, we actually have a wingless wasp here. You know, around where we live, right? Okay. The, the cow killer. Yes, I've called. seen yeah, those, those like big red furry and black. Red ants. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of cool looking. They are cool looking. But anyway, go ahead. You wouldn't want to get bit by those things. No. All right, so their vision is very good for an ant. They can see for about one meter around them. And the smaller species can jump. They can jump up to like 10 centimeters. Wow. So uh, who knows how that is. When you think you're coming in to get me, boom. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's not there. Wow, that's, that's right. awesome. So give us the details. We, we don't want to... Yeah, he, seem, he seems know, like a, a little forever. tiny beast there, man. He is a beast. All right, so you want to go with Yellow Jackets now? Yeah, tell us about the Yellow Jacket, Keith. Okay, well, as you mentioned with the um, um, bullet ant, they do not... They Actually, it's actually a misconception that they don't have a barbed um, stinger, John. They actually do have a barbed stinger, but it's not like as barbed as the uh, the bees are, and so they can sting multiple times before it would harm them. Okay, and their gotcha. venom is extremely powerful and potent, and they also can grab onto things. And obviously, they have flight as well. Right. And there's some other facts I'm going to say for later, John. But um, the thing is, though, is it is very aggressive. Yes. Bug. They're they're super. Aggressive. That's why this is going to be a great cage match. Both these yeah. guys, whoever's winning, it's not going to be fun for the other one. Yeah, absolutely. And so what do you think, John, between the, the yellow jacket and the bullet ant? Well, how are we going to set this up, Keith? Here's the thing. Uh, in many of these cases, they're so evenly matched that it's going to depend on like they are. who got the jump on who. Who got the jump, Keith? Um, so it depends. I, I, could see, I could see it going either way. I will say this. The bulldog ant definitely has the more powerful venom. Okay. okay, so he's on the ground. He's got good sight for a, a bug like this, by the way. Can see about one meter. But so let's just say they stumble upon each other. This ant's going along. Maybe he's doing his thing. Maybe this wasp is on a limb and he's doing his thing. And boom, they're right there together, Keith. Okay. So I don't know. If they stumble across each other, I think you know. I, I think the bullet ant has the advantage in some ways. Okay. Um, the advantage that I would give the yellow jacket would be that it has the ability to fly. He's gonna fly. Okay, but that's only gonna get you so far. Right. Once you fly away and come in for an attack, you're gonna have to get that bullet ant you pretty have to fast. Get close. And the thing that you said that makes me think the bullet ant would, or I keep saying bullet ant, bulldog, but everybody knows I mean bulldog. The thing that makes me think that the bulldog ant would win, John, is that when it comes in, it's going to latch on and not let go, like That's you said. It. And so once it latches on, it's going to be able to sting this yellow right. jacket as many times as it wants and be able to stay away from its stinger. So the flying is not really an offense. It's a defense. It is. The flying is going to help if he wants to fly away completely. Right. But if he's going to stay there and they're going to duke it out, he's going to have exactly. to get in close. And as soon as he gets in close, you got to imagine that these bullet ants have a way. They can jump. They have a way of bulldog maneuvering. Ant. Bulldog ants. <laughs> yeah. Bulldog ants. The bulldog ant has a way of jumping, 
moving around. They will maneuver to the rear sometime. But I think he's going head on this time. And the yeah. Wasp's offense is on the rear end where the Ant has offense on the front and backside, man. Right. That's what I'm thinking. It has more he's business two on both points ends. Of, of offense where exactly. the Wasp only really has one. Um, so if he reaches in there and grabs him up mm-hmm. near that head, man, latches on with those mandibles, then pops that rear around. The the wasp is going to bring it around, but before he gets there, the ant hits him in the abdomen. So bam, how bam, big bam, did bam, you bam. say these bulldog ants get to? One inch. One inch, which is so pretty he's going to be similar, similar in size, size, too. So I'm going to give this one to the ant. I think so. I think he's coming in with the mandibles. He gets him right around the neck, the head. The head could be gone. But even if he bites, it latches on on the head, he's stinging in the abdomen before the... Yeah. Wasp can get around and get him. And if you know, if you're out there and you disagree with us, then oh well, do your own podcast. Let us, right. yeah, let so, us know. <laughs> or if he just sneaks up on him and he just like bulldogs him from the side, man, he just jumps on him and latches on and bam, right, absolutely, gets him in the headlock and he's done. So he's gonna have to move on and fight the praying mantis. But first, before those two um, fight, we need to talk about the other, the other two with the robber ant, the robber fly versus the dragonfly. All right. Number three and six seed there. All right. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about the robber fly? I agree with you. The dragonfly probably should not be six seed, John. We did that just for the matchup just reasons. Just for the matchup reasons. But, um, you know, they are actually not very aggressive. In general, that's in general. true. So maybe that's a good reason for it to be six seed. All right. Um, but, yeah, the robber fly, man, is also known as an assassin fly. It is. Is just known as one of the heroes of the insect world. It's known for eating other insects. In fact, John, it's known for eating hummingbirds at sometimes, or not maybe what? not eating them, but killing them. Um, so they're predators to almost all flying insects and even hummingbirds. They capture their prey in mid-flight and they hold them with their long legs. Okay. They have these super long legs, which is kind of why I think they're so um, successful right? at being an assassin. Because it's not just about being able to outmaneuver most things. It's about like if you can get anywhere close, you can reach and grab them with those long legs, and it's just not going to let go. Kind of like the bulldog ant. Right. Once you get into those legs, it's just like you're not going to be able to, to fly away or do anything. Right. And so... Um, then it injects a fluid into the prey, usually through the pre- prey's eyes or neck. Okay. And that uh, breaks down the muscle tissue, basically turning its prey into a smoothie. That's like spiders, man. And then after it's dead, it sucks all the, the victim's internal fluids out. That's very arachnid-like, Keith. It is, man. This robber fly or assassin fly, if you want to call it that, is pretty incredible and uh, like i said even known to take down hummingbirds all right is, uh, all right you know hummingbirds are probably considered one of the most maneuver maneuverable in flight of all the birds right, right? sure so, absolutely so go ahead all right so we've got the emperor dragonfly in particular 3.1 inches green abdomen blue black tail do you know that the largest dragonflies can fly up to 30 miles per hour wow that's pretty fast yeah Smaller ones can go up to 18. Here's the thing. Their eyes are amazing. Yeah. They can see prey over 100 feet away. Wow. So there's a robber fly is going to have a hard time sneaking up on him. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to have a duel, a mid-air duel. Right. Because the dragonfly, especially the emperor dragonfly, this large dragonfly, is one of the – he's like the fighter pilot of the insect world. 
95% of the time, he gets what he goes after. Right. Voracious eaters. One dragonfly, they said in this test, ate upwards of 30 flies just instantaneously, boom, one after the other. I mean, they're just wow. devouring stuff. They eat their body weight daily. Wow, that's crazy. At least. Yeah. All right, so. I imagine it takes a lot of energy to, to fly around like that. Uh, oh, man, you can imagine. You eat now, a lot, right? Now, here's what they do so good, man. They attack below, from below, and in the direction of their prey's motion. Okay. So a lot of times the thing doesn't even know they're coming up on him. Wow. So, and they've been found to that they can judge trajectory. Like, mm-hmm. they're not just flying in the general direction. They can see this insect way, way away. They can judge its tra- trajectory so that they can catch it midair, like sneak up from behind and catch it midair. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So when I start thinking about uh, this battle, I've got a couple more things for you. I actually have them battling out. Dragonfly, whatever their real name is, the scientific name stands for toothed one. So they can actually have mandibles that open up the size of their head. Wow, that's cool. So they can actually, because I was thinking, that's a little dragonfly mouth. How are they going to bite something? Yeah, I know. So That's kind of what I was thinking, too. But So what I'm thinking, even on a robber fly, they may not be, it may or may not eat him, but we're, we're taking chunks. This one's going to get a little more rough here. Yeah, I think so. So I'm thinking of this one kind of like a middleweight versus a heavyweight. The okay. biggest dragonfly is probably going to be a little bit bigger lengthwise, a little more agile flight-wise, mm-hmm. but it's going to be like a middleweight versus a heavyweight. So what's the biggest one get up to about inch-wise? 3.1 inches. So the biggest robber fly gets up to about three inches, too. Really? Yeah. Now, see, I haven't seen that. The ones around here the ones around are here about are really an inch and three. Yeah. They're not small, but they're an inch and three-quarter. Yeah. They're like Mike Tyson. They're like they're short and compact. looking, too. Yeah. They scary looking. And they scary looking. They scary they looking. They scary looking. Like Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so All right, so here we go, Keith. Let's imagine these guys meet in midair. Okay. They're seeing Here's what I'm seeing happen first and then you pick it up. So they're coming this dragonfly's like, "Oh my gosh, this dude's coming at me." Right. So here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing some evasive maneuvers. Yes. He's coming at him. The dragonfly can see almost in 360 degree. Yeah, field of vision. So he's coming at him. The dragonflies faster. The mm-hmm. dragonflies, but this guy's never given up. Mike Tyson's coming at you like a bulldog. Right. All right. So I'm seeing the dragonfly fade. Boom. Robberfly misses. He flies around. He's so fast. The, the robberfly really doesn't know what's going on. And this guy's like, "This is my chance. I'm going for it. I ain't gonna fly around. I'm going for it right now." So he comes up behind the robberfly. He's able to get around him. Come up behind him. Now what they do when they when they catch hold of a bug or a fly, they actually curl their tail under and make like a pocket yeah. to hold it in, and they can eat it midair. Okay. So, but what he's going to do, man, he's getting his chunks at least. He's coming in. I see him landing on the robber fly midair, and he goes in. Hey, like this is like a little like a horse fly. Yeah. And so he grabs on, and for the robber fly knows what's going on. Boom! He's took a chunk maybe out of his took back. A chunk out. Of maybe him. even took a wing. Yeah. But then what the happens? Robber fly's injured. He gets those legs around. He rolls over. And there's not a and, lot that can be done after that. And that's what the dragonfly is trying to do. He's wrapping yeah, his tail under, his, but he's realizing yeah. he's probably not as strong. Right. And, you know, some of these I didn't have a much of a frame of reference. We don't, so we're just making crap yeah, we're up. we're just making crap up. But yeah. Actually, in this instance, um, I looked up videos, and there's actually plenty of times where this has happened. Um, the dragonfly is actually 
a food source of the robber fly. Right. Um, so there's lots of videos of robber flies killing dragonflies. Right. Uh, I didn't see the other way Little around that flies. much. And that's probably got a lot to do with it not being as aggressive. Right. But obviously the fight has happened many times before. Sure. And like you said, it does depend on the size. You know, if you had the, but if you had two that are equal in size, you know, right. if, you know, if you take your, what was it called? The big one? The emperor dragonfly, the yeah. onyx imperator. So you'd probably have to have the robber fly that's closer to three inches to, to be able to compete, you know. Let's don't. Let's take the little one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm thinking, though, that the robber fly wins this just because it's the dragonfly is a food source of the robber fly, you know, and eventually, you know, I, I do agree with you. The dragonfly is so good at flight. It, he's going to get him. He's going to get his first shot. Get away and get some shots in. He may but get a couple of shots But in. eventually it's close quarter battles. Right. And then those big old legs. I mean, go out there and watch a video of these legs, man. It's just crazy, like, how long they are and how they can wrap around their prey. So here's what I'm imagining, Key. Mm-hmm. The dragonfly, the he maneuvers a lot better. He's the fighter pilot. He gets him. He's on his back. He starts to curl that tail. He takes a chunk, maybe takes a wing. But as that robber fly, with his strength... Mm-hmm. I think at this point he wraps those legs. He's lost a wing. I, I see him dive bombing into the ground. Yeah. Like once they hit the ground and he's got the legs around him, the dragonfly's curling the tail under trying to go, but he's just too. He, and the he looks like one of those guys in, doing Brazilian jiu jitsu yeah. that's holding you on the ground. And the robber fly's injecting at this point. And so. Muscle deteriorating venom. So that he can turn it into a dragonfly milkshake. Yeah, exactly. So, Which I don't think the dragonfly, does it have? They don't. They don't have any kind they of They kind of like a, a seal. So That's why they're thinking. Kind of like, like the other battle, this one, has, the robber fly has more offensive right. weapons. He would have to, know. if he got it just right, landed on him just right and got his head, those mandibles would have to pretty much like rip his head off. Right. If he could get that head, but if he doesn't, he just gets that chunk of shoulder. They're going in the ground. The robber fly is injecting him. Yeah. Turn him into a milkshake. It was an epic battle. All right. But they limp away. So now we have the mantis versus the bulldog ant and the robber fly versus the titan beetle. So um, let's check our Oh, time. I forgot that we had the, uh, the, um, the uh, what do you call it? What are you talking about? The, the bracket. bracket. Yeah, <laughs> I was forgetting about the bracket. I was like, what? All right, well, let's go through these real quick. All right, so we've already told you about these critters. Yeah. Except for the mantis and the titan beetle. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go a little bit about the mantis. Versus the bulldog ant, and I'll tell you about the mantis okay. during that. Yeah. Um, so zoologists have actually collected and documented, John, nearly 150 cases of bird-eating mantises. And we're not talking about just hummingbirds, John. We're talking about 24 different species of birds, 14 different families. 78% of the birds were killed and eaten by the mantis. 2% escaped, and 18% were rescued by humans because they just couldn't stand the, to watch a bird get devoured by this thing. So how big is the biggest mantis, Keith? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. They get up to several inches, though. Um, it's one of the bigger of the bug. Oh, yeah. In the bug and world. there's also some little ones, too. Yeah. Because I saw them like eating yeah, dragonflies they, or there's something. There's so many different species of them. Right. And they range in size. Um but, I mean, there there's some characteristics of the mantis, though, that makes it uh, pretty powerful. Obviously, those mandibles that, you know, can crush just about anything. But they also can turn their head a full 180 degrees. 
Okay. And so they kind of look around and what see about when their arm, are What coming. are their arms called, man? Um. Well, I didn't. They look like arms. I didn't to me. see what they were called, but there are arms. I mean, right. their front legs. I guess you know. You, call them you know, arms. the praying mantis invented kung fu, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it does look like it when you're like watching the videos and stuff. I thought you had a joke there. I was waiting on it. No, but kung fu styles are based on animals. You know, oh, are they? Like okay. the kung fu panda thing where there's like a certain style, a mantis style, a tiger style. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a mantis fu. in the There was a mantis panda. in there. Yeah, man. He'll but yeah, I mean, up. that is what those legs do. They strike very quickly. You know, right. they kind of they kind of wait they have them kind of drawed up, and that's where they get that praying look to them. Right. And because I think it's pronounced P R A Y. Oh dear right? Lord! Yeah. Bam! And, and then just shot. boom! It just goes at it like an like an assassin, you know. Um, but they also, John, a couple of things that a lot of people don't know is they're actually the only insect with stereo vision. Okay. You know what that means? Like uh, they can see distances like we do. They have two different eyes oh, okay. that can see it and put the the image together in their brain and make distance. Oh, really? Okay. So they're the only insect cool. that can do that, which is right pretty on. neat. Um, and then also they have, not all species have it, but uh, the ones that fly usually have an ear located on, uh, ear kind of in quotation marks, right. located underneath its belly, on the all underside right. of its belly. That's pretty weird. And really it doesn't hear like what we hear. What it does is it picks up um, echolocation sounds, like a, a, what do you call it, an ultrasound type right. sounds that bats put out because it helps it to evade bats. Echolocate. Yeah. Stuff. Well, the bats put out that little sound. Oh, the little sonar, and it can hear it. So that, yeah, it can hear that sound that the bats are putting out through that little ear in its belly so that it can evade bats. That's weird, dude. It's crazy. Belly yeah. ears. Yeah, belly ear. All right. So that's it, man. Um, like I said, it's, it's known as... as you know, kind of the king of the insect world. A lot of people know it as that, as the the winner already. And um, but you got one that's going to be competitive. Well, one thing he can do is hop around. So here we again, the mantis is going to be way bigger than this guy, even if we use so, a small mantis. So technically, he's fighting the bulldog ant right now. The though, bulldog right? ant. Yeah. So he can hop around. So the bulldog ant might do a little hopping. So he's got the speed. He's coming in. His only hope is to sting this guy. And I just think like think of it like a boxing match, man. Somebody with a good jab, God, no matter how hard you can hit, yeah. if you can't get up inside, you can't do anything. So that's kind of the way I see this, Keith. I see that ant, boom. The Chinese mantis, by the way, seven inches, over seven inches, like 7.08. Oh, wow. That's, that's big. big. Yeah. So keep that in mind later for when we get into the... My, my next critter. All right, so let me make this quick, Keith. I, I don't think this is a fair fight. I think it's going to end pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's now, number one seed, right? <laughs> that said, if he got real sneaky and could jump behind, the, jump over near the manis and get over there and just pop him somewhere, yeah. The manis is going. The ant's still going to die. Yeah, and the mantis might too later. Right. Yeah. After he yeah. dismembers the ant. Yeah. But I'm saying if that ant comes in, I imagine, or if the mana strikes and that ant hap- happens to get that mandible on there and starts crushing and he starts to pull that tail up under by the end, if that ant or that mana just said boom. Yeah. And he's ate his head off. Well, I mean, it's kind of like us versus a snake. You know, if we know we're fighting a snake, we're probably going to kill a snake. Right. But if a snake sneaks up on us, bites us in the ankle, snake right. could kill us, right? Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, 
Absolutely, the bulldog ant could kill a mantis in some cases, but it's probably going to die likely. in the process. Probably so. And uh, the mantis is most likely. Only I see in those that bags. ant latching on with those mandibles, and while he's trying to sting him, the mantis rips him apart. So the mantis moves on to the championship. Now we have the robber fly versus the titan beetle. All right, the titan beetle, man. It's going to be difficult because it's such two different, two very, very different, different insects, and so it's hard to it's hard to say much about this one but here's what we're going to say this is possibly the largest insect in the world yeah some big beetles are mostly mandibles like Mm -hmm. the other two big ones the atlas or the hercules one of which is a type of rhinoceros beetle they got these big long mandibles that are like two inches long right which is great when they're fighting each other but this is why i think the titan beetle has a better uh chance imagine two credit cards stuck end to end but wider yeah this thing is bigger than the palm of your hand that is so big, man. I do not want to run into a bug that big. So I wouldn't even want to kill a bug that big. I wouldn't either. Because you imagine either. squishing that thing? They, it, this thing can puncture human skin, by the way. Ooh. Here's its number one thing. It's got short mandibles, and this is why it has a chance against maybe somebody else if we make mandibles. it. Those mandibles are strong enough that they can snap branches and pencils. So wow. they can snap a pencil in half. That's really strong. Really strong. So here's the thing. Here's what we're hoping because I'm hoping my my Titan Beetle here, again, any of these could catch each other in just the right, right way. If the robber fly comes in, I, I don't know, especially if he was over on his back, but you got to think this guy's got some pretty heavy-duty armor on the outside. That's the thing. I mean, I think for the robber fly to ever have a chance, it'd have to hit him right in the eye and somehow or another avoid those big mandibles in And the he's got sharp spines yeah. on him too, which help protect that back area. Okay? So, strangely enough... The Hercules and Atlas beetle look a little more interesting. This looks like a big, gigantic, seven-inch, three-inch wide cockroach almost. Yeah, it does. But with a big armor and big, giant mandibles that could like bite the end of your pinky off. Yeah. All right, so I think he's going in. He comes in. He's like, man, I just got to do it. Kind of like the dragonfly did. I've got my one chance, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. And he comes in. He attacks somehow. One of those, as he tries to wrap those legs, thinking maybe I can wrap the legs, man, the mandibles get a hold and start chomping, chomping legs off. And if he ever gets past the legs and gets near the body, one chomp. I think that's it. I think just like, that. you know, the robber fly, if it's an actual fight and they're trying to kill each other, you know, it's going to try multiple times because that armor is so tough. Right. And it's just not going to be able to kill it. And just, you know, statistics eventually – those mandibles are going to get the robber fly and just snap it in half. Right. You know? So I think the, the big old beetle wins just because of its armor and its, you know, mandibles there. Now, by the way, I didn't happen to mention, but this fella is a native of, as you might guess, Keith, where would you guess that seven-inch bugs might live? Where? Uh, Brazil? Yeah, the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. French Guiana, uh, Ecuador, all through there, all through the rainforest, South America. Yeah, I mean, that... That makes me not ever want to go to Brazil, really. Like, the first place I think of a giant bug living would be Brazil. And keep this in mind. This is just the bug, Keith. The larvae of this, they say, is probably... They haven't even seen the larvae until recently, I think. They finally seen one, and the larvae is about 12 inches long. Holy crap. And guess what? Adult... Here's why I think they could have a little edge, too, with some things, Keith. Adult titan beetles are not known to feed. They don't eat. Oh, wow. They're looking to breed, Keith. Oh. And so we're imagine imagine a titan beetle that's got about two days left in his life and he's got not found a woman on yet. His mind. He's been wandering around, no food for weeks, 
and no lady beetles. Well, imagine being a male mantis, man. When you, your uh, woman oh, kills you, kill after you. you after you breed. And you know you know they got to know that, right? You think they'd have figured it's it out by still now? Still worth it. That's it's just, I guess. I guess so. That's some good looking right. man. This is so let's take let's take it down. Here's the final one. Keith. All right. So the man. Now this is actually the, the best one. Here's just two big giant, a seven inch long mantis and a seven inch long bug, just like face to face in the middle of yes. the ring, Keith. So I think the mantis's biggest challenge is going to be getting past that armor, that exoskeleton. Right. You know, as as strong as its mandibles are, that's still a really strong exoskeleton. It is. And getting a hold of it. It's mm-hmm. so low to the ground and broad. Yeah. He's coming in strong. I'm imagining a couple of scenarios, Keith. I, I, I'm still, I would say, if we fought him 100 times, I might give it to the manis 60% of the time. Yeah. Depending how it goes, because you've got all this, you've got the spines, you've got the back, but here's the thing. That manis comes in. I'm imagining, imagine that, we, we need, I wish we knew the real name of that, but imagine that arm comes down to do the kung fu move. Yeah. And he hits it just wrong. Oh, and and boom, those mandible takes off. a hold of it. Now we've got a one-armed manis. Yeah. That makes it a little more difficult. I would imagine the manis, though, is smart enough. He's not going to go head on. He's going to get on the back. Right. He's coming around to the back. Now, if he gets on the back to start with and starts pounding or ripping, because they do have wings, I think. Yeah. I don't know. They can fly, but they can't fly up. They can only drift down, kind of like the big cockroaches, you know? Yeah. Like, if they're up on a limb, they could drift down to the ground with their wings. But they are low to the ground. They're stout. So I could see that manis getting on top. Man, if he gets him just right and bites him in the right place, but, man, imagine that head comes over and he's trying to bite and he misses and those mandibles get the head. Yeah, exactly. It's over. I think the only reason why I feel like, the like you said, the mantis wins probably 60% of the time is because of the mantis's speed. Right. It's going to be, I think it's probably going to be a lot faster than that beetle. Beetles are just not generally known for their speed, you know? Yeah. And so because of that, it it might be able to escape that mandible bite enough to be able to find some soft spots. He is. He's going legs. He's losing, the the beetle's losing legs. If he gets him just right and catches one of those mandibles before it closes, he might even get one of those. And then if he can get the backside of the head there, man, boom, he's got him again. Yeah. But this is not a pretty fight. No, this is like uh, two boxers that are bloodied. the The manis has lost a leg. If he if he loses his life, he's lost a head probably. Yeah. And so here's what happens, John. Mantis wins. He's our one on one champion of the world of the insect worlds. Right. Right. He's lost a leg. He eats his meal. Maybe that'll help him heal. Right. Right. So he eats his meal. That's a big meal. That's Huge a big meal. meal. He starts limping away. He hears something, John. What does he hear? Yeah, absolutely. So, because there's one thing that I did not mention about the old yellow jacket. Yellow jackets, Keith. The yellow jacket. One little yellow jacket can't do a whole lot, Keith. No, but but they form colonies of like fifteen hundred to fifteen thousand. Is kind of your average size, and they have these supercell colonies up super to hundred. Yeah, super size of Volkswagen Beetles up to a hundred thousand members in the colony that size. Mm, that's um, terrible. And like you said, you kind of hear pretty common of like forty, fifty thousand. Right. Know? So we're talking about a lot of yellow jackets. Well, here's the thing: they are known to pursue 
their victims. What happens is they mark the predator with an alarm pheromone. Yes, they do. And when it, when, it stings, on them. when it stings, it marks it with that alarm pheromone. And also, if it's injured, it releases this alarm pheromone. So even if this thing, this ant has killed this yellow jacket, well, that pheromone's been going off for a while now, right? Right. So this it's whole a, area, our whole battle dome, has got been, this, they've been alerted here. This is the place where your brother has been destroyed. And here they come. You know, several thousand yellow jackets coming to attack this manis, and I tell you what, that manis ain't got a chance, right? Ain't got a chance, man. So, our one-on-one champion of the world, the mantis, is overcome by the overall champion, the yellow jacket. Because of its swarm. It's so sociable and swarming. Yeah. And if you chose a different ant, it might have had a chance, too. Yeah. But the bulldog ant actually is The bulldog ant is, is more of a, a loner ant, although yeah. they do have colonies, maybe 100 to a couple of thousand. They're not a big colony, and they're not like, oh, man, our dude got killed. We're going out to attack. Yeah. Whereas army ants, I mean, you're talking about swarms of thousands. You've seen them swarming over even mammals, I think. Right, yeah. I was chased down by yellow jackets, man, for about 100 yards. I had to strip my clothes off to start kind of – trying to beat around in the air with my clothes to get them away. I mean, I was literally They're running down the street of my neighborhood in my underwear. I, didn't, I was running I did around the house care. in my underwear. I tell you not, I did not care because that's how ruthless they oh, are. Yeah. They're terrible. Oh, I've done it. I've ran around this house in my underwear when I got a swarm after me one day. Yeah. It's bad. And I got hit about seven times, and I was in so much pain, so much pain. My son the next year got hit about 14 times. I got hit about double. 10 or 12. Yeah. It was bad. It's terrible. Dirty heathens. Yeah. So they're our overall winners. And then <laughs> <laughs> they're but vicious, man. The mantis is not known to be a social creature. Yeah. So he's not going to have a chance against the swarm. Yeah. Well, Keith. That was fun, man. We're getting our feet wet again. Yeah. We're having fun. We're getting the flummadiddle train rolling. So hop on or get run over. That's right, bud. So what else you got to say? That's it, man. That's all I got. All right. I'm John. I'm Keith. And this is... Flumadiddle. Thanks for listening in and keep listening up. There's going to be more of Season 7. We've already got another episode in the can. It is a little ditty about uh, conspiracy theories and Stonehenge-type monuments. Let's put it that way. In America. In America. All right. All right. Peace.